Welcome to my podcast. I'm Ninka Benedict Mauritson and I reversed my son's autism and I healed myself from depression, anxiety, obesity and the whole family from digestive issues, asthma, allergies and just overall low quality of life. I'm here to improve your life quality, your self-healing capacity and your happiness by reconnecting you to your self-healing powers and mother nature. I've been asked, what supplements did you take? What tests did you do for your child to free him from symptoms of autism? And what to do when there's regression on the healing journey with a child who is struggling with symptoms of autism? And I would love to answer those questions in this podcast. And for those of you who don't know me, I am Ninka. I have 14 years of experience and a 20-year-old son who was diagnosed with infantile autism at age 5 and now is 20 years old, completely symptom-free. And I'm sharing the awakenings, the insights, the tools, the, the modalities, the health and development and lifestyle changes that we used to assist our child in waking up from autism because that's actually what I I look at autism as a state and it's not consistent and I don't look at it as something that's for life and that is unchangeable that's just my opinion as a mom I'm not a practitioner I'm not a doctor I'm not here to diagnose or treat or anything or be held re responsible for whatever you do but I'm just saying that my experience is that when we address the underlying issues, the symptoms went away. And the underlying issues isn't just food. It's the emotional. It's the ancestral health. It's the unnatural lifestyle. It is um, the dynamic between mom and child. It is the spiritual aspect. It is the existential aspect. So autism is environmental, existential, biological, ancestral, physiological, emotional, and spiritual. Did I mention that? Anyway, so I'm not a huge fan of tests and supplements. And I'm saying, I say that because I've been there and I've done them all. I would actually say that tests and supplements, I wish I had waited at least two or three years to do them and done the foundational work that I'm going to share with you now before doing the tests and the supplements. Because without the foundation, it's actually a waste of time and a waste of money. I will I will say, though, that some of these tests that I mentioned, there are some of them that I'm really happy I did and some that I don't regard as of much value. So let's just go through them and talk about regression, what it is and what to do about it, what the different elements in regression that we need to address. I did a lot of different tests. When I left the established autism society and all the experts in it, I started looking at functional medicine and what was then called defeat autism now. And this was back in 2004, five, I think. And all the protocols and all the tests and the supplements that they recommended. And The problem with this is that, and it's still an issue in this whole community of biomedical approaches to autism, that you test and then you give supplements 
or you go to one practitioner and they are focused on one thing and one aspect and one type of protocol. So some will be fixated on oxidative stress. Some will be addressing mitochondrial health. Some will be all about heavy metal detoxification. Some will be about DMSA, DMPS, uh, chelation therapies. Some will be about um, Nemechek protocols, GAPS protocols, MAPS protocols, but it's all based on symptom treatment. And from that perspective, it's not that much of a difference from the established way of approaching dis-ease. So um, that's when we get lost. And the, the problem is, and the issue is that that's probably why there are so many children who experience some improvement but not full improvement and not long-term success because there are no protocols, no diets and no supplements that will work for every child, which I had to learn the hard way. I think I have spent I have spent a fortune. I think I could have bought a house with the money I spent on tests and supplements in the first decade of uh, traveling back to health with my autistic son. He was actually functioning normally there was no suspicion of anything when he was a baby he was he was behaving like any other baby eye contact beautiful development no marks no 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 worries from doctors or nurses or anybody until he was around two years old when he started regressing after a phase of being sick and on medication and a lot of other things that I'm not going to mention here, but he just got worse and worse the more I followed conventional advice and symptom treatment with medication. But I am not blaming anyone uh, for what happened to my child because I know I needed it to wake up. I needed it to become healthy myself and I needed it to take back responsibility for my child's health and my own health. But when I then started researching that there's actually do there were doctors in America having amazing results with some kids... Some lost their symptoms, some lost their diagnosis altogether, some just got better. I started following the protocol. There was something that back then called the DAN protocol, the Defeat Autism Now protocol, which is testing and then supplementing with the different supplements that the children need and then detoxifying them, so, so chelating heavy metals. And that was basically it, supplements and detoxification lifestyle changes not not much of not much lifestyle change but removing the toxic um things from the home like cleaning agents and shampoos and the things that mold and the things that would affect the child's behavior so we did the organic acid test organic acids test we did food intolerance testing we did um gene testing and we have done we have done gut tests, we have done stool tests, we have done urine testing. And the tests that I have had most success with and change from following um, was the copper toxicity test, the methylation test, under-methylation, over-methylation tests, which, by the way, not many functional medical doctors know how to administrate. 
not to mention how to create a treatment plan, a protocol and ongoing testing to make sure that you are dealing with the tug of war between undermethylation and overmethylation and balancing methylation as you go along. So methylation is just like Lego, Lego, um, the way that molecules bind to neurotransmitters, enzymes, hormones. And so that affects almost every aspect of a human body's um, health or lack of and, and behavior, of course, when it's neurotransmitters and hormones and enzymes. There's almost nothing that isn't affected by those. So if that's an underactive uh, function in the body, if it's underactive, the methylation process, of course, that will give you problems. And 90% of autistic children, according to the Walsh Institute, is affected by undermethylation, which means underactivity of turning this process on and off. So in my family, we were all undermethylated and we all had copper toxicity, which meant we could not excrete copper properly. And that increases anxiety, aggression, um, even abnormal behavior and violence and all of those things. My child struggled with all of those things. It's also linked to postnatal depression, which I had. And anxiety. Uh, and then we had a pyrrole test. So elevated cryptopyrroles. That's where you test pyrrole disorder. And that both copper toxicity and pyrrole disorder is linked to depleting the body from zinc and B6. And both of those uh, deficiency in B6 and zinc is linked to most of the issues that children with autism struggle with. Methylation. is It's pretty obtainable to test for undermethylation it's really hard to test correctly for overmethylation so um, you really need to be seeing a doctor who's got at least five years of clinical experience in regulating under and overmethylation and who's been trained by preferably both William Walsh and Dr. Albert Menser maybe been to all the training in Australia that's been hosted by the Walsh Institute and Mensa Medical, um, because this is something that's really hard to deal with unless you've got clinical practice and know what to do. So methylation tests and the pyrrole test and the copper overload. Dealing with this and using the UK practitioner, the only one that I would recommend here in England, which is now fully booked, so I'm working on bringing her on uh, in online teachings and trainings for you all. But that has has really made a huge difference in those symptoms that I couldn't deal with that came up for us and just didn't get better with just diet and did not entirely remove anxiety and depression. Because when you go gluten-free, if you've got copper toxicity, if you go gluten-free and then you just have uh, not bread every day or almond milk every day instead of dairy uh, and gluten, then you will increase your toxicity, your copper toxicity. So it's got to be administered in a balanced way. And also with the methylation, if you're undermethylated, you cannot live a life where you have a whole lot of green juices every day, which we were doing for quite a while because there's a folate intolerance which depletes the cell from folate if you overdo it. So green juicing every day or kale every day or um, 
celery juice every day, which many people will do for detoxification and cellular health and um, sulforaphanes and all the things that we are told in the functional medical um, society to do for our children's health and cleansing and and um, supplying the optimal nutrients will actually make it worse for the children that are undermethylated. So that's why balanced diet is so key and that there's no protocols or no strict diets or no supplements or superfoods that's good for every child every day. We need to really rethink this whole rigidity and extremism in the autism protocols because balance is more needed than anything in this on this journey. You cannot eat the same thing every day. You cannot give your child the same thing every day, no matter how healthy it is. And it is not true that if it's healthy, if a thing is healthy, then more of it is more healthy. Sometimes you need to do supplements for a while and then stop it completely. I would highly suggest that you pulsate your supplements so that you take them one at a time, no multivitamins or multi-B complex, but one supplement at the time. Keep a log, a diary to see whether symptoms get worse or better, and then let them take their time to be introduced into the system for at least a week before you introduce the next supplement. This goes for food as well. Make sure you rotate your foods. Make sure that you don't eat the same things and give your child the same things every day, day in and day out. You might find that it is the healthy gluten-free bread and the green juice in the morning that's actually increasing the crying and the pain and the discomfort and the aggression and the tantrums. And who would have known and who would have thought that it's the paleo bread and the smoothie with the almond milk and the kale every day that's actually increasing these symptoms. So that's why a methylation test is super valuable and a copper toxicity test is super valuable and a pyrrole disorder test where you test for elevated cryptopyrroles. It needs to be blood and urine tests um, is super valuable and then supplementing with the b6 and zinc um, and evening primrose oil and magnesium and vitamin e and the things that can help these children get better but it needs to be monitored it needs to be retested and you need to work with someone who's educated by william walsh or Albert mensa and has a lot of experience in doing so. And in Europe, there aren't anybody right now except for one or two, and they are fully booked right now. So that is why I want to bring these people and their teachings to a higher number of people. And stay tuned on my podcast and my Instagram, Ninka Benedetta Maurits on Barefoot Autism Warriors, and Barefoot Autism Warriors on Facebook and my webpage, which is coming up this fall, to learn more about this. So little a little extra word on testing and supplements. So food intolerance tests are very unreliable, actually. First of all, you have to really trust the lab. Do they handle the tests in an appropriate way? What about the transportation? Think about blood tests and think about the way that live cells are affected by electromagnetic pollution and blue light. And if you take a blood test and you, you ship it to the U.S., what do you think happens to that blood during travel time? Do you think it's a reliable blood test that's tested on the other side of, of the, the Atlantic a couple of days later? Maybe, maybe not. Food intolerance is is also affected by stress levels, environment. It's an epigenetic um, switch that's turning on different 
mechanisms in the body. So it might be that you have a situation where you have just been moving or you are in a moldy house or you are exposed to Wi-Fi or smart meters or blue light or uh, there's been stress in the family or the diet hasn't been on top. It hasn't been clean, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free and inflammatory seed oil or industrial seed oil-free. So margarine and industrial seed oils like canola oil, soy oil, rapeseed oil, margarine is really, really bad for the body. And it puts the body into a crisis situation that then can affect the food intolerance uh, level. I stopped those food intolerance tests altogether when we were down to about four or five things that my child could eat. My logical motherly intuition just said, enough of this bull is <laughs> BS. Um, this cannot be the case. If it was in nature and my child was only allowed to eat four things, he would not survive. I'm going to start from scratch and I'm going to feed him a balanced, healthy diet based on what my intuition tells me and I'm also going to teach you intuitive eating later on so stay tuned for that but food intolerance is really it's changing all the time what you're tolerant to and intolerant to and the food intolerance test if you take it today and you take it two weeks from now it will be different and do you have the money to do that all the time and is it really necessary or is it part of this whole testing frenzy that actually makes us more stressed which will affect our our tolerance to food and our resilience more fear more rigidity and more fixating on food which will create a bad eating environment for our children so that's why i'm not so keen on food intolerance testing i'm keen on returning to the wisdom of nature eating what's available in nature eating clean organic real foods that actually grow where we live, mainly as a main rule. Follow the seasons, eat locally, eat seasonally. Then you're way better off than uh, if you're totally restrictive and rigid and afraid of food, basically. That will transfer into reactions in your child's body. If we talk about um, quantum physics, that's exactly what happens. The feelings and the thoughts and the belief systems that we as parents subscribe to is an energy field that is not only affecting our own selves, but everyone that's in our presence as well. When it comes to regression, when you go on this journey, and let me just say, I am now in year 14 with my son, and we are still learning. I still make mistakes. I still have meltdowns when I feel that I've done everything and giving him everything, giving him everything. And he's just being a normal teenager sometimes. And I just don't have the extra capacity for that. So I lose my temper sometimes and I don't have the full overview all the time. But we're doing so well. He's got a neurotypical life. He's got a job. He's creating music. He's got friends and he will be able to live his life and have a girlfriend and make his own money and not having to be with me all the time and just a so-called normal life, whatever that is. And he is so empathic and he's so structured and he's so extremely good hearted and so mature and so resourceful that there's so much to be proud of. He's still learning. And he can still regress on this healing journey. 
And let me tell you about regression and what typically happens and what aspects you need to be aware of when you are healing and when you experience regression, because those two things are linked. These things that we need to address when there's regression is also are also the aspects that we need to address when we start this healing journey with our child. So, of course, there's a whole physiological, biological, biomedical aspect of it. The ancestral health, living a life that's aligned with the rhythms and cycles of nature, the seasons of nature, and the body clock, your child's body clock. So when there's regression, we need to look at, have my child been eating real foods or have have my child, has he been exposed to anything like gluten, dairy, soy, sugar, food colorings, food dyes, inflammatory industrial oils or margarine, peanut butter maybe, or um, so gluten, soy and dairy and grains. So some children respond to grains, even if they're gluten free. Have my child been outside grounding? Have my child had exposure to sun on the skin and in the eyes? Because that's what we're designed to get exposed to in the morning when the sun gets up and in the evening when the sun sets. Have, have my, has he or she been exposed to the grounding effect and the negative ions and the electromagnetic field from the earth, which is the best antioxidant booster you can get on this planet? Forget about supplements. If you're not outside barefoot grounding every day, at least for some minutes, you will not be able to fight inflammation. That's one of the best ways of fighting inflammation and getting more negative ions into the body and uh, absorbing antioxidants through the feet. There's 21 studies proving the health benefits of grounding, barefoot grounding every day. Also, I need to look at when there's regression. Um, Is my child sleeping in a room with Wi-Fi? Is my child exposed to a smart meter or 5G or any any electromagnetic, non-native electromagnetic toxicity or blue light in the evening? Is there exposure to tablets or phones before bedtime? Uh, Does my child move his body outside preferably? But movement is really key. So everything that has to do with the passive zoo life, indoor lifestyle, artificial life can lead to a regression, not just food. So that's the ancestral and the biological and the physiological aspect of it. But not only what is my child avoiding, but what's he actually eating? Is he getting the good fats from evening primrose oil or lard or coconut oil every day? Is he getting good proteins from animal-based sources like fish and broth and liver and chicken and game and all those wholesome, complete amino acid chains that they need for cell repair, cell building and detoxification and just existing and living and thriving. Is my child getting enough fiber from complete carbohydrates like berries and vegetables and and preferably cooked vegetables and cooled vegetables. They can be reheated, but that's something they really need. Raw vegetables can be quite hard for these children to digest. So am I getting getting the right nutrients into my child? That's another thing to ask ourselves. So that was the physiological one. Sleep is really important too, in a dark room, please. Then there's the aspect of What is my child mirroring? What is my child holding a mirror to up for me to 
explore about myself. My own regression, my own frustration, my own tantrums or unexpressed emotions, my own holding myself back. What about my soul purpose? What about love? Do I do I experience love in my life? Do I feel a deep connection to my life purpose and my soul's purpose? Is my life aligned with my values and my soul and my body and my inner child? Or do I live a detached, unnatural life in survival mode without any real purpose or depth? That's what regression sometimes was there to wake me up to. When I wanted to stay in a relationship that I didn't feel connected to anymore. So when I actually needed a divorce but didn't get, didn't make that decision, my child regressed. When I wasn't setting boundaries and I was angry and frustrated and I hadn't healed my trauma, my child regressed. It's not only the food, it is the constipation emotionally and on a soul level that can lead to regression. And our children are there to remind us of what's going on with us on the inside. That's the sacred contract between mom and child. Um, then there is the spiritual aspect. What is this child trying to wake me up to? So the sacred contract between child and mom is also about your life purpose. This child has come into your life for you to find your path for you to find your purpose, for you to be different and step up. You have been chosen for this job, for this awakening. And only the strongest moms and parents are given these strong children and this challenge because it is not for the faint of heart. It is not for those who want to sleep their way through life. It's not for those who want to do what everyone else does. It's not for the sheep mentality. It's for the for the first movers, it's for the out-of-the-box thinkers, it is for the warriors, and that's what you are. So sometimes there's a war within you and around you because you are not on your warrior path, and your inner warrior is calling you to, to the battlefield now. And that's what regression is all about as well. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe to it and share it and rate it and shout out about it and DM me on Instagram and Facebook and let me know what you think and share it with another parent who might benefit from this advice. Thank you so much for being in my life. Join my Barefoot Autism Warriors group in Facebook or my webpage when it's coming up this fall 2019 or Instagram, Ninka Benedetta Mowitz on Barefoot Autism Warriors. Loving you, loving life. See you soon.